now that I've got my phlegm situation under control somewhat. Room Radio is on the air, you filthy animals. My name is Darian. Of course it is. What else would it be? My name is still Darian. <laughs> I am probably the only Darian you know, and I uh, i guess I'm proud of that. Uh, that's, uh, that's my name. I'm sorry. I am here for another week. My friends, it's me, you, and a bunch of horror movies. And that's all we got. We got no co-hosts this week. Uh... Buddy is still at work, and Jason's mom, sadly, has passed away last week. So he is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, We knew it. We knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. He's actually doing very well with it. Like I said, it helps quite a bit when you see the end is nigh. You can kind of prepare yourselves for it. Um, I don't know. I know he's not on social media, but I'll forward your your best wishes and, and thoughts and prayers on to him. I know you're all thinking it. And it's the curse of the padded room, dudes. It is the fucking curse of the padded room podcast. You come into this room, you listen to this show, your mom's going down. It's that simple. Uh, it has struck uh, Monica, obviously. It has struck Buddy's mom is, of course, in not the best health. Jason's mom has just been struck. And also, uh, Alan's mother-in-law also died last week. Fuck me! My mom... Uh, Mr. Padded Room over here. My mom alive and kicking. She must be the typhoid Mary of the group. I have no idea. Anyway, condolences, of course, to Alan on the mother-in-law, Jason on his mother. How's your guys' moms? (laughs) It's not funny. It's not funny. You shouldn't be laughing at that. I am sorry. (coughs) Well, I've got a show to do here, boys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I got I got I got a show to do anyway. I got uh, horror news. I got listener mail. I got all the fun shit I usually do or try to do or try to make fun for you. Uh, I guess I'll I'll just uh, jo- oh uh, how was your Thanksgiving by the way? Everything go okay? Were there any punches thrown at the dinner table? I know it's it's pretty tense, you know. Why, why do we... I, I often wonder... I mean, I understand the tradition of it and the history behind it, and it's pretty grim and brutal, I'll give you that, and it's probably uh, not something we should be celebrating in the historical sense, but what... Look, if you don't get along with your family, then why? Why do it? You know what I'm saying? I don't... I, I get along... I don't get along with my family. Uh... I don't get much along with my wife's family. <laughs> in fact, now that I think about it, I don't get along with anybody, really. 
Why not just have a like a Friendsgiving? You know what I'm saying? Just get the people that you actually want to see and hang out with and just hang with them and not worry about, you know, the, who's bought what for how much and how they have to rub your nose in it and all the one-upsmanship and the, you know, promotions and the demotions and who got fired and who got who's back in rehab. It can be a bloody brutal affair, my friends. I, for one, am for just uh, having a few friends over. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with pizza. We don't, we, don't need to, we don't need to put in the labor and the man hours behind the full Thanksgiving dinner. Or, if, well, you can't order a pizza because everything's closed, but you get a frozen pizza or two, you know? Sure, surely there's a Chinese place open in your town. I don't know. I'm just blathering again. Let's get into a show here, shall we? I hope your Thanksgiving went well uh, for all of our American listeners. I, I don't think anybody else in the world celebrates Thanksgiving except for us, but uh, I hope you had a good uh, late November weekend for the rest of you. In the meantime, I've got horror news, listener mail, all the usual shenanigans. Why don't we start things off with a little of the old horror news there, my friends. Horror news. Yes, sir. We got some things happening in the horror horror world this week. Can I tell you about uh, Screambox? Some of you have it, some of you don't. I am still flirting with it, but I might actually have to pull the trigger now because they are having a Black Friday sale. I know it's not Black Friday anymore, uh, if you're probably listening to this on a Tuesday or Wednesday, but uh, you can still get in on this. You can get three months for a dollar a month, so three dollars. On Screenbox for a dollar a month. Um, I, I, I probably will now. And then I just have to remember to cancel the fucking thing at the end of uh, the three months. That's, that's going to be the hard part. I need to set a reminder on my phone or something. They still have Terrifier too, And uh, they got a bunch of weird foreign stuff on there too. So, and they have that It documentary, which I'll probably check out. It's three fucking bucks. You know, what am I, what am I waiting on? I should just do it. <clears throat> what else we got here? Uh, have you seen a movie called Lords of Chaos? I know you have. It's a great show. It, um, it's about the, uh, oh God, all the fucking nonsense that went over in Norway during the, uh, early nineties with the black metal movement. And, uh, what do you got? You got Venom, uh, Balsram, uh, Mayhem, um, one of my favorites, Bathory, all these black metal bands, they all came out of the same area at the same time, and there was a lot of infighting between them. Some dudes got killed. There was some some dead dudes involved there. But uh, great movie. The makers of that film are now making a G.G. Allen biopic. Now, are you guys familiar with G.G. Allen? I know some of you are. He was the original, and by and far, the most wretched of the, of the shock rockers, I would say. And I don't use the term wretched lightly. Uh, this guy would often take a dump on stage, uh, play entire gigs naked, uh, have other people take dumps on him on stage. So uh, that's all well, of course, just massive amounts of drugs and, uh, you know, uh, booze and other things going on there. But, uh, I'm interested to see, uh, I like Lords of Chaos, so I'll check this one out also, of course, 
But I'm interested to see how much they're willing to show with this. Because there's a lot of butthole stuff going on. He would put things up his ass on stage, I believe. I believe he would. It was a little bit before my time. But I'm interested to see how far they go with this. (laughs) I don't know how much of that particular actor's butthole, whoever it is, uh, that's going to play Gigi Allen. That's a good question, by the way. Who are they going to get to play Gigi Allen? Lords of Chaos was a pretty highbrow, um, you know, production. It had uh, one of the Culkins in it. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, Gigi Allen was kind of a, uh, I guess, uh, he looked like a skinhead. Um, you know, big, rough-looking kind of guy, shaved head, goatee. Who's going to be willing to put something up their ass on camera? It's really, it doesn't matter who, who you want to play the guy. It's who's willing to do that on camera, I think, is what you're looking for there. Uh, speaking of uh, things up your ass, <laughs> Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. This is an actual film, and it's uh, d- directed by Elizabeth Banks. I'm actually kind of excited about this. It, had, it has Ray Liotta in it. Um, the, uh, it's got a February... 2023 release date i'm excited for that also posters are up at bloody disgusting uh for like you know cinema art and things like that i i think the name pretty much says it all about what it's about a bear that gets himself into a big batch of cocaine and uh chaos naturally will ensue (laughs) it's cocaine bear what else do you need what else do you want it's it's about a bear on cocaine um a24 is selling hereditary gingerbread tree houses for this Christmas season. So it's a gingerbread house that you can build and decorate in the style of the tree house in hereditary. Um, are you going to buy this? I'm not. I'm, well, I might. I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look at the price tag. Uh, my kids are into decorating the gingerbread men and uh, so on and so forth. But I could go to Costco and pick up a like a regular style gingerbread house, and that'll be that. If you're gonna buy it and decorate it, you probably want it like in the somewhat of the vein of hereditary, right? So what do you get like a doll and pop its head off, and uh, I don't know, put like a rotting skeleton head on that? I don't know. I don't know which way you're gonna go with it. And more to the point. If you do buy it and decorate it and spend the time and the effort and the money on this fucking thing, are you going to eat it afterwards? Probably not, right? Because it's, like it's like a horror uh, memorabilia at that point. So you can't eat it. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you leave one of those things laying around too long, you can, you can break a window with them. I know this for a fact because, like I said, my kids are gingerbread house enthusiasts. And uh, usually I have to wait till they're asleep and then I throw them over the back fence. <laughs> and then they never notice. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, last, but, last but not least, it looks like pre-orders are available for Trick or Treat Studios' Texas Chainsaw Massacre board game. A lot of you are wondering whether or not I'm going to do this. I've already done it. I'm sorry. They got me. They got me. They got me for, uh, I think, about 70 bucks with shipping and handling. Um, I, I'm, I can't not do it at this point. You know what I mean? 
I've got horror board games coming out of my, they're just showing up at my house. What happens is I went on to Kickstarter, 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 and, uh, I, I kickstarted one of them. I don't even remember. I think it was a mixtape massacre, like five, six years ago. And I clicked the little horror and the little board game icon as my interest. And now every time a horror board game pops up on Kickstarter, I feel obligated to throw at least $200 at it. Case in point, sitting right in front of me, my Silent Night, Deadly Night board games have arrived. Um, they're they're pretty cool. It's a board game based on Silent Night, Deadly Night. Came with shot glasses, two uh, posters, a pen. Um, for some reason, I have three uh, copies of the board game. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give them out. Uh, it's fun. At this point, I don't think I'm gonna play any of these fucking things. You know. Because, like, the Silent Night, Deadly Night game was pretty easy. Me and Deacon figured it out in about 40 minutes. Uh, but, like, I have a Mask of the Red Death board game. I opened it. The instruction book was about the size of a Maxim magazine. I closed it, and it has not moved from that spot ever since. Because that is way too much. Mansions of Madness. Great horror board game. You need, like, a flash drive to download that instruction book with tutorials. Tried to play it once. Uh, it took me about 40 minutes to set the goddamn thing up. And then by then, I was too tired. I was like, I'm done. Dude, just put it away. Anyway, that's where I'm at. Uh, that thing is actually going to release March of this year. Texas Chainsaw Massacre board game. Uh, head over to Trick or Treat Studios if you also would like to pre-order this thing. In the meantime, that's it on the horror news, my friends. I think it's time for a little listen to mail. Listener mail. Listener mail. What do we got here? We got some emails. We got some voicemails. We got all kinds of fun shit happening here tonight. Uh, Let's start off in Sydney, Australia. Here comes our main man from the Horror for Dummies podcast. You know him. You love him. I think you love him. You should love him. His name's Tim. Subject line. No subject line. Sorry, Darian. Oh, you son of a bitch. Hello, you beautiful man. How's everything this week? I'm okay. I'm doing fine. My mom is fine too, Tim. Thanks for asking. Let's get to it. Terradome, I'm sorry to do this, but since I never got a certain picture that I won't be taking the brides. Let's go Predators. He's taking the Predators. I understand your, I understand that, Tim. I understand the hurt and the um, feeling of being left out in not having seen Cat's boobs. Uh, I'm sorry for that. Um... <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Crimes of the future. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm not really a fan of David Cronenberg. Quite honestly, the only film of his I like is The Fly, and that's a remake. All of his films are just confusing and weird and not for me. Crimes of the future is no different. That's it for me this week. Love your work. XXX team. So, I'm with... Uh, I, uh, I have like a love-hate relationship. We'll get more into Crimes of the Future uh, in immersion therapy, but I have, I, I'm rapidly developing like a love hate relationship with David Cronenberg. I'm either going to love the movie or I'm going to hate it. And I think that kind of extends to Brandon Cronenberg also. And I shouldn't say I'm going to hate it. I'm just not going to get it. You know what I mean? I just can't wrap my head around it. Rabbit. Love that one. 
Uh, Shivers, love that one too. Fly, uh, yeah, I, I would say I probably love that one. Uh, History of Violence, eh. Uh, what else? Um, well, the, tonight's movie, but we'll get into that uh, later on in the show. But th- it definitely falls into the one one of the ones that I didn't love. So we'll I'll, we'll get more into that in immersion therapy. I don't want to shoot my wad too soon there, Tim. You know, I don't want to be a premature wad shooter when it comes to immersion therapy. Did I mention I'm on my third cup of coffee? It's been a long day at work, boys. Uh, let's get out to the open road. Here comes uh, Freddie. Subject line, condolences. Hey, folks, really quick as I get some lunch, condolences to Monica and her family and well wishes to everyone. Terra Dome, I'm going with the brides. You nailed it with the thermal vision. Be safe out there. Cheers, Freddie. Two more for the brides. Thank you very much, Freddie. You be safe out there, my man. Uh, let's get over to jolly old England. Here comes Mrs. Boobs herself. Cats in the house. Subject line, best wishes and condolences. Evening, gent, or possibly gents. I do hope you have a bit of company tonight. My condolences to Miss Monica and her family, and best wishes towards Jason's family. For Terradome, I have already been bribed, but I do think the brides have the advantage as they don't use weapons, so predators would not view them as a threat initially. And the fact that they have no heat signature is a huge advantage. Time to start yet another double shift. I'm glad you enjoyed the bribery. (laughs) Hope everyone has a safe and healthy week. Hey, you too, Cat. You be safe out there. Keep them girls warm, will you? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, I wonder what the weather's... What's the weather like in England in the winter, Cat? That's what I would like to know. Uh, anytime you mention uh, London to me, I just picture, like, gray skies and fog and uh, pretty depressing. I'm sure there are better times and better places to go in london but that's that's like the american um cinematic representation of london is just a drab dreary place enlighten me cat i would like to know uh in the meantime let's get back here to reno nevada here comes the cowboy subject line brides and bribery evening padded room hope everyone is doing well and made some someone made it in tonight if not the solo shows are still enjoyable even with random rants haha <laughs> good i'm glad you i'm glad somebody likes it when i go off on my nutsack tangents that's why i need cowboy somebody in here to steer me back to to the center lane you know what i'm saying because if i start talking about um i don't know messiah of evil uh, that's going to turn me into a grocery store segment And then I'll do like 25 minutes on the local grocery store and the hot chick that works there. So let's, I'm trying, I'm trying, man. I am trying to stay on track, but sometimes it just doesn't happen. Uh, Condolences to Monica and her family. Do wish the best for them. Best best wishes for Jason and his mom. Hopefully things get better for them. Terra Dome, of course, voting for my brides and hopefully the bribery I arranged helps them win the tournament. I might be able to arrange a bit more. Well, hello there. I'm okay with that uh, there, uh, cowboy. I did look at the new Dead by Daylight chapter, and it looks really cool. Still haven't faced the killer yet, but I'm sure that'll happen soon. As the knight's ability looks like he summons three others that patrol in a straight line, I'm guessing, for a short time. Kind of like the artist's crows. 
Still looks pretty cool. I'm looking forward to facing that killer soon. No clue on educate, but it's probably easy, and I'm just too burnt out from work to think. Back to the clusterfuck of work. Hope everyone has a great week and catch you on the flip, cowboy. Thank you very much, cowboy, and thanks for writing in, amigo. I got a couple voicemails to get into here. And some barking dogs, apparently. Alrighty, let's shoot all the way out to beautiful downtown Anderson, Indiana. Coop Nukem is in the house. Hey, Darian. Hope all is well. What's Hope up, you guys dog? are all healthy and had a good Thanksgiving. I'm all right. Um, How's just wanted to call and let you know I did watch the uh, Wednesday series that was on Netflix. Okay. The wife and I watched that. Very cool. Uh, not bad. I'd say uh, a lot more palatable than that. Uh, Oh, that Rob Zombie monster! Oh God! Yeah, was was it was? I've not uh, seen it. Hard, hard to swallow. Okay, then. Anyway, uh, the other one I got in was the uh, oh, can't remember the name of it. Uh, What? The guy, the YouTube influencer that stays in the haunted house. Oh, dead. That was. uh, It was goofy. It was fun, goofy, but I liked it. Not bad. My wife enjoyed that one a lot. It was good times. Fun when she can sit and enjoy him, you know. Oh yeah. Anyway, hope you're uh, hope you're doing good and uh, staying away from COVID. And eh, I'm not worried about it. Can't wait for the next show, man. Beautiful. Later. Thanks for calling in, Coop. I've had COVID twice. I'm fine. I don't care. <laughs> to put it plainly, Coop, I simply don't care about COVID. I can't. I've not yet watched the, the Rob Zombie Monsters, but everybody seems to be taking a fat shit on it. I'm going to have to get into it eventually. And I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with the Munsters per se as it does. People just don't seem to like uh, Rob Zombie or his take on anything, really. I wonder, what, at what point did he fall off, do you think? We like, well, uh, everybody, I think it was after, I think it was probably Lords of Salem, which I personally enjoyed. I thought that was a great show. Everybody loved Devil's Rejects. Everybody hated House of a Thousand Corpses when it first came out, but then they kind of let it set for a little bit, and then they started to like it. And then the Devil's Rejects, and everybody loved it. Lords of Salem, I feel like, was 50-50. I feel like that was kind of the turning point right there. Um, 31, everybody hated. Admittedly, it's not his best work. And Three from Hell... I, what, okay, so I think I just have the formula for watching Rob Zombie movies, and I've said it before, dude. It's like you gotta you gotta interpret them like abstract art, pretty much. If you can just not get too caught up in like plots or characters or anything like that, and just take in the visuals, I think you'll be just fine. Uh, but anyway, thanks for calling in, Coop Coop Newcomb from Anderson, Indiana. Uh, something has recently come to my attention there, Mr. Cooper. I have been told that you actually are listening to this podcast while you're at work. Inmates, I think you know what that means. I think Cooper and the boys over at Gerber Collisions might need a little work time motivation, if you know what I'm saying. Aw, shit, Coop, here it comes. All right, Cooper, it's up to you, big guy. We got a Ford F-250 coming in with a busted rear axle, severe body damage, and in need of a big paint job. Who's going to get it done, Cooper? 
Who's gonna get it done but the guys at Gerber Collision? I wanna see assholes and elbows. I wanna see you motherfuckers out there getting the job done, fixing these cars, putting them back in the shape that they are intended to be. Let's get it, Cooper Collisions! Woo! There you have it. <laughs> I said Cooper Collisions at the end there. I meant to say Gerber Collisions. Get, I, just love, I just love yelling at people to tell them to do their jobs. It's one of my favorite things to do. I think that's every guy's God-given right is to tell people how to do their jobs. <laughs> Good luck with that F-250 there, Coop. All right. Uh, we got more voicemails to get to here. Let's get down to beautiful Southern California. Um, here comes the man, the myth, the legend... Uh, the original rock and roller, it's Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, hey, yo, padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? I'm here. I'm here. Oh, man. Hope everyone's doing all right. I'm okay. Monica, sorry for your loss. Yeah. Uh, more, more bad, dead moms. You know, uh, hope you're doing all right, though. And Mr. Harold, you know, I hope, uh, hope your mother's, uh, doing okay. She's on not. That. She um, is not. She's yeah, dead. All that. Let, me, let me get to something at least like okay. somewhat positive here. I, okay. I, I can't believe I am on such a losing streak on the educating department. You blew it last week. And I can't too. believe I'm going to break that streak with Q, the winged serpent. You did it! Staccato, I believe it is. You did it! Uh, tell me I'm right on you this You are one. correct, I, I sir. I can't believe that that's what I'm going to break the streak Q, with. Q, the winged serpent. That piece of shit. All right, whatever. <laughs> Uh, hey, on everything else, that's let's not see here. What do we got? The, uh, the oh. Terror Dome, of course. Yes. That's the, um, Brides of Dracula. The predators. And Predators. And the Bride. Correct. Right? And, uh. What do you think, man? Uh, fuck it, tough. man. I've been properly bribed. You, you know, have. I'm going for the nurses, of course. You know, the put nurses? me in, bro. You mean the Brides? That being said, you know, in the educating department, I did go and I said, Fuck it! I'm gonna I'm gonna find this Silent Hill. Oh, you watch, watch Silent the Hill? Silent Hill flick. Okay, now you know uh, the nurses. I guess there's more than one. There's two. And uh, I saw the first one. Okay, pretty good flick. Not a bad show. Uh, thought the ending, the actual ending, was really good. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Hated the uh, kind of huh. climax though of the movie. Okay, it didn't make much fucking sense. I was, well, I don't know. I don't know the whole the whole story. I, I don't know. I, I, maybe you got to play the games. I, I don't know. know. But uh, question for you. Shoot. You guys, um, ah. the, the nurses only appeared but very briefly. Are they a, a big thing in it? And are they, like, all always there? And then the other thing I was thinking about was ah. uh, Pyramid Head. Correct. And in the Terror Dome, he always goes far. He does. But he, he really didn't. I thought like he was going to be like the main the main bad guy or, or whatever. He's really more of a good but, guy. Uh, he didn't really do much, but he did have a fucking fantastic kill when oh, he ripped yeah. that uh, that girl's skin off. He gloves her. And was flings it at the church door. Um, yeah, so I think that's about all I got, man. But uh, yeah, let me know about that. Okay. Uh, hope all is well. Love you like family. Love you too, Tom Hardy. I'm glad you finally got Silent Hill, my man. Um, As far as the nurses go, they are pretty significant in the games. Uh, They pop up a lot and you have to run away from them a lot. Sometimes you can kill one or two of them. But I know they they weren't shown 
too heavily in the first one. They they may they make a comeback in the second one. Now, if you're thinking about watching Silent Hill Revelation, it's okay. It goes a little bit off the deep end, but the Silent Hill games go off the deep end too. And as far as the ending and the mythology with Alessa Gillespie and all that stuff, uh, you got to remember these are Japanese-made games. So, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of the things that kind of seem a bit out there are not as out there in Japan. So if you can kind of factor that in while you're watching it, it might make a little bit more sense or less, maybe, depending on your what your thoughts are on Japanese culture and you know interpretations thereof. But I'm glad you finally got to... Now you know who the hell we're talking about with the uh, Silent Hill Nurses and Pyramid Head, buddy. I'm, I'm proud of you. You did it. And you're right. I am, in fact, Q the Winged Serpent. Uh, all right. That's all I got on the listener mail, boys and girls. I'm about to get myself into a movie. Hope you'll hang out for it. Yes, sir. We're talking about Predators from 2010, starring Adrian Brody, Topher Grace, and Lawrence Fishburne. This one's got a hard R rating, got 6.4 stars. That's a full 3.1 stars better than President Evil. Directed by Nimrod Antal, written by Alex Litvicki. I think I pretty, I don't know, I may. Antali, maybe? Nimrod, his first name's Nimrod. So, that sucks. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I remembered really liking this movie. 
uh, the first time I saw it. I watched it again last night, and I think I like it even more. This is a pretty good fucking movie, man. I don't know. I don't understand the hatred. Uh, I guess a lot of people just didn't sign off on Adrian Brody being an action star. Um, I'll tell you what, when his shirt comes off, he looks like an action star. That's for sure. And quit making fun of his nose, you motherfuckers. Be, be mature about Adrian Brody, all right? <laughs> this one, I feel like feels much more like a predator movie than um predator 2 to start with or even uh the predator um maybe not prey if i had to do a snapshot power ranking on the predator movies right now not to include the avps i would go predator 1 predators predator 2 no fuck no hold on uh, Predator 1, uh, probably Predators, Prey, Predator 2, and then The Predator. I think that would be my five-fecta. I might switch, uh, Predators and Prey. Prey was really fucking good, man. I don't, I, I don't know. I'll have to think about that and get back to you. Anyway, this, uh, we're, we're on a, we're on a fucking, another, we're back in the jungle, dude that i feel like this movie like goes back to the original predator in so many different ways and gets away from you know the 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 avp stuff and gets away from the cop stuff and this is more akin to like this i feel like is more of a sequel to predator than predator 2 is but we'll get we'll get into that as we go so we wake up well we don't wake well yeah i guess we do we we oh we, the movie starts in free fall Adrian Brody uh, flying through the air in free fall. And uh, he wakes up and he's like, oh shit, I'm falling. I've been thrown out of a plane or some such, some great height. Uh, he starts feeling around his chest eventually. Luckily, a parachute opens. Ba-doom! And then he plummets to the ground in the middle of a jungle. <coughs> now we can tell just by looking at him that he's a soldier of some kind. <coughs> Excuse me. Dressed in camouflage. He has, I don't know what this gun is he has, but it is a belt-fed, fully automatic 12-gauge shotgun. I don't know if there's a name for this thing, but they should just call it the Apocalypse, because that's pretty much it. what it is. It is a uh, an asshole breaker, I think is the official name of that particular firearm. Drum-fed. So he just... He's got it, and he's full ammo. Uh, he's got that weapon, and he lands. He cuts cuts himself down. He gets out of the parachute, starts looking around. He's like, what the fuck? Where am I? What's going on? I don't know. Uh, comes across our old friend Danny Trejo, who is also uh, just woken up in free fall. Now, Danny Trejo, uh, whenever we see him in a movie, we know he's going to be a bad bitch. That's all there is to it. Uh, he wakes up. He's got two... Um, submachine guns full ammo and he looks like he just walked off the street pretty much you know he's ponytail uh typically looks like danny trejo always looks uh they draw down on each other and they're like what are you doing here and he's like i don't know i just woke up i somebody threw me out of a plane he's like yeah me too what the fuck while they're having this conversation a guy comes plummeting out and basically lands right in between them and dies on the spot and they're like oh shit who the fuck is that i don't know uh, I guess his parachute didn't open. So there's one dead body right off the bat. That guy, 
either didn't wake up in time to open his chute or he couldn't figure out the chute or whatever, but he is now, whoever that dude was, we're never going to know. He's out of the equation. Uh, they are both kind of locked in on each other. What, what, what are you doing here? You're, are you a guy? What, what happened? I don't know. Um, eventually, uh, he's like, well, maybe we should ask her. And then they turn around and look behind him. And that's where we meet the female Alice played by Alice Braga. Um, Alice Braga is pretty hot. She play, she gets a lot of like femme fatale type roles. And this one is no exception. Uh, they've got a, uh, she's got a sniper rifle and she's sighting them both in. And they're like, Hey, did you wake up getting thrown out of a plane? She's like, yep. <clears throat> they're still, they're all pointing guns at each other at this point. They're like, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Uh, eventually up walks Topher Grace and he looks like he just walked out of a Subway sandwich shop. No guns. Uh, no nothing. He's like, uh, Hey guys, what's happening? <laughs> Like, we don't know. We got thrown out of a plane. Or no, it wasn't Topher Grace, actually. It was, um, who was it? I think it was, uh, who was number three? That is a fucking good question. Now, Topher Grace comes later. While they're having this little conversation, a uh, minigun opens up on him from somewhere else in the jungle. And you can, anybody that's ever seen the original Predator will recognize this minigun as old painless from the first Predator movie. Lawn mowing the fucking jungle. Uh, Adrian Brody like does like a sneaky flanking move and catches up to him. And this is where we meet Oleg Taktarov. I know you guys probably don't know the name Oleg Taktarov, but anytime you need a scary Russian in a movie, you'll, you'll recognize this dude. He plays the scary Russian in every single movie that requires a scary Russian. He is also a two-time uh, UFC champion. He is indeed a legit scary Russian. Uh, he plays a guy named Nikolai. He also fell out of a plane with Old Painless and the full pack on him. Uh, luckily, they're like, hey, stop shooting, stop shooting. He's like, maybe he's a bad guy. He's like, if I was a bad guy, we wouldn't be having this conversation because I'm pointing my fully automatic 12-gauge shotgun at you. So they kind of get it together, and they all kind of hang out for a second. What happened? We don't know. Nikolai got thrown out of the plane, too. Uh, the one dead guy didn't. Uh, <clears throat> and then Nikolai is like, hey, let's move. We get to a higher ground. So they start walking, and then they come across a fist fight in progress with two other guys. Uh, we've got a uh, uh, what appears to be a pr- an escape prison inmate. Um Played by Walton Goggins. He's got a very recognizable face. You probably rec- uh, recognize him from uh, uh, that fucking show. Uh, he was a cop. Hold on. He was in uh, that uh, Justified. What's the, It's the cop show that everybody watches. Uh, not the Squidbillies. Unicorn. The one with uh, my... God damn it. I'm looking at his IMDb right now. He was in uh, not Diablo, not The Hateful Eight, not Mojave, Justified, um, Officer Down, Django Unchained, Straw Dogs, Cowboys, uh, CSI. He was a regular on CSI for a while and The Shield. So he's he's wearing the prison orange jumpsuit and he's in a fist fight with a black guy excuse me, an African guy, uh, who will also recognize it's Mar- Maharashala Ali, 
who we may recognize as Cottonmouth from the Luke Cage show. He was also, I believe, going to be the next Blade. But in this one, he's just like this weird African soldier, and they're in a fist fight. Uh, eventually, they pry these two apart. What the hell's going on? I don't know. He's going to kill me. Somebody give me a gun. I, we both got thrown out of a plane. He, he drew his weapon on me. Eventually, we get them separated and calmed down. And then they're like, hey, should we go cut that other guy out of, the, out of his parachute? And this is where we cut to Topher Grace. <clears throat> he did get his chute open, but he got tangled up in the trees, and now he's just kind of dangling upside down. So they go cut him out, and he looks like he just walked out of a Subway. Subway sandwich shop, you know? He's got like a hoodie on and some jeans. He's like, hey guys, uh, anybody know what the heck's going on here? Jeez, I'm a doctor. I was on my way to work, and I saw a flash of light in the sky, and here I am. And then we kind of get a second to, to talk here, and everybody's got the same story. Um... Danny Trejo was uh, an enforcer for a drug cartel. Um, What else do we have? We have uh, the African guy was some kind of a uh, liberation fighter in Nigeria. Uh, The inmate guy was obviously a very dangerous criminal. He was about to be executed on death row. Uh, But they all have the same story. They're all soldiers or warriors or whatever. They all saw a flash of light and then they woke up in free fall. And uh, here they are now on this... This jungle, everybody except for Topher Grace, who's just like, I was a doctor. I was on my way to work. I don't know. Ah. So they're like, okay, well, what should we do? I don't know. Um, Adrian Brody's like, well, I'm going to head to the high ground and see what I can see. So nobody else has any other ideas, so they all just follow him. Uh, They get to walking. They got kind of fall into like a loose patrol formation. Um at one point, Nikolai is like looking at a weird flower and he's about to touch it, but then Topher Grace pulls him away, cuts the flower open, and he's like, ah, this is a dangerous neurotoxin. Don't want to touch this. You'd be dead in seconds. And then uh, Nikolai is like, oh, thank you, uh, comrade. I watch for you out here. So then they keep moving. Um, first thing they come across is a dead guy, which is... I guess characteristic for a jungle. I imagine if you were just out in the in random jungle, you'd eventually find a dead guy of some sorts. This guy's got U.S. military uh, fatigues on, and as they see him and approach him, like all these booby traps start springing. And again, this is another callback to the original Predator. We'll recognize a lot of these booby traps from uh, the first Predator movie. He's got they've got the deadfall log, which is the big log that swoops down and. Uh, smashes Poncho, uh, or Paco, I mean, what's, what's, what's his name, Paco? The the Hispanic guy from Arnold's Spec Ops team. Um, they got like a, like starts raining these spikes. Uh, there's a bungee pit. Um, uh, just kind of like hastily made traps. And right in the middle is a dead uh, Spec Ops soldier. Looks like, uh, Topher Grace says he looks like he's been dead about two weeks. They're kind of poking and prodding at this guy. All of a sudden, they start hearing movement all over around <clears throat> around him. <clears throat> and this, my friends, is where we get to see the Predator dogs. Now, I don't know. I'm not mad at the Predator dogs. But this big pack of Predator dogs, they look kind of... How would I describe these things? More like uh, in the vein of like a dinosaur, I guess. Like a, they they kind of their their movement and their basic body type is is canine, but they've got these big tusks coming out of their heads. 
They don't have the split jaw thing like the Predators do, but they, they're looking to fuck somebody up, and there's like six or eight of them. So they come charging through the jungle, and everybody just opens fire on these fucking dogs, except for poor Topher Grace, who's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> um, and, of course, the, the convict guy, but he actually does stab the shit out of one of these dogs with his uh, prison shank. Um, they're, the, the, they're fighting off the dogs pretty, pretty good uh, until there's only one left, and it's about to pounce on Alice Braga when they hear like a whistle in the distance. And the, a couple of the wounded dogs and this one alive dog all go running back somewhere. So everybody gets together after that, and they're all like, what the fucking fuck was that? What were those things? Where did they come from? Holy shit, those didn't look like any animal I've ever seen. And they start poking around at one of the dead ones. They're like, this is nothing. I don't, uh, I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't know. Um, They're all pretty well freaked out, and this is when they realize that uh, Danny Trejo is no longer around. Like, wait a minute, there's only seven of us. There should be eight. So they hear Danny Trejo calling out from, like, behind some bushes, Help me! Help me! They all go and look over at him, and he's just kind of slumped over in the middle of this opening. So Adrian Brody's like, I don't know about this. He picks up a rock and throws it in his direction, and it springs a trap right next to him. And he's like, ah, we can't help him. We can't help him. And the African guy's like, you take a man, you cut throat, make him bleed, call for help. Kill those that come to help him. It's what I would do. They're like, oh, yeah, you're a savage motherfucker, my friend. And I don't, we can't, we obviously can't. So luckily, Alice Braga does the humane thing and shoots Danny Trejo in the chest and kills him. But I think he was already dead at that point. And he was just slumped over and the predators were using him uh, as bait. So that's pretty fucked up. Now, we haven't seen the predators at this point in the movie yet. Uh, they keep walking. They're starting to get more suspicious. What the hell's going on? They finally reach the high ground, uh, look up over this cliff, and they can see like three moons in the sky. And this is where they realize they're no longer on terra firma anymore. They're on a different planet, my man. You understand that? They've been taken from Earth, put on a different planet, and now they're being hunted. So... Any idea of escape or survival or anything at all, just fuck that right off. Because you're being hunted on an alien game reserve. And Adrian Brody kind of spells that all out for us. Uh, it's pretty scary shit. They don't know what they're, they're up against or what's going on. And here's something I really like about this movie. At this point in the film, we still haven't seen a, a Predator. The, the classic Predator that we know and love. We haven't seen one. We've just seen these Predator dogs and the various traps and decoys they have set up and shit like that so i i kind of like that actually you know um you take like a uh any of the avp movies they all start out with the predator we, we kind of have to root for the predators because at least they're somewhat intelligent and they're hunting they're not just trying to decimate humanity as opposed to the xenomorphs so i kind of like the slasher aspect of uh, of a standard predator movie so they they just kind of hunker down for a second, decide what they're going to do. Adrian Brody's like, well, I want to get a look at what it is that's hunting us. Those dogs left tracks. Why don't we follow the tracks and maybe we can get an idea of what we're, what we're dealing with here. So they do just that. 
Uh, there's a lot of infighting and bickering and shit. The uh, convict guy is trying to get somebody to give him a gun. Nobody trusts him, so they're like, no, nah, fuck off. Uh, they go walking off towards uh, wherever the tracks lead. And this is where we get to the predator hunting camp. Okay? That's a that's a something there to behold. <laughs> so we get there. The predators aren't there, thank Christ. Um, it's pretty gnarly. They've got like a bunch of uh, dead things, like hung up and they're like eating the meats or something. Now, here's an interesting thing that I spotted here. Like... Uh, they, they've got something that they've killed, obviously, and skinned, and I believe they were eating the meat of it, or whatever, taking trophies, but whatever it was, it was vaguely humanoid, and it had wings. Um, we never see any creatures with wings in this movie, so I'm very curious as to what the hell that thing was supposed to be, or what we were implying with the human-winged uh individual there it's dead so we'll never know but more importantly they've got another predator there tied to a stake and he's all beat up and he doesn't have any of his his equipment and they they just got him like uh like i don't know they're just fucking with him i guess so that's kind of weird uh they're all they see that one predator and they're like what the fuck is that thing they start kind of taking steps towards it, and they're like, whoa, look at this thing. It's some kind of alien. And then, of course, that predator wakes up. It can't do shit because it's tied to the stake, but it gives up, you know, with the mandible, mandible things. And everybody else freaks out. Oh, fuck. And then that's when the other predators show up and start shooting at uh, our, our prey, I guess, is what you'd call these dudes. Um, bad news. The African gets killed um, in a very reminiscent fashion of uh dylan in the first movie in in the first movie dylan gets um kind of impaled but as he's like being raised up his he keeps firing with his free hand and the same thing happens to this guy uh he gets killed uh eventually all these guys end up like retreating and running out of the predator camp and they kind of haul ass to this um well they don't they haul ass to this cliff but then they fall off the the, the cliff roll down, and then it lands him in a waterfall. Again, very reminiscent of uh, Predator 1, right? Like when uh, Arnold did the uh, water slide thing into the waterfall. That was pretty cool. Same thing happens here. They all splash down, swim to shore, uh, hide out underneath the waterfall in like this little cave situation. Now, this part is particularly cool because uh, Adrian Brody noticed something about Alice Braga when uh, they were there in the Predator camp. She did not react in any way to the predator, to anything that, that was going on. Like she, like everybody else saw the predator and was like, what the fuck? She was just like, yeah, shit. Um, so once they get kind of underneath this waterfall, Brody's like, hey, motherfucker, you know something about this. And this is where we get a very cool callback of Alice Braga, like um, kind of recounting the details of Predator 1. She's like, ah, yeah, Guatemala. And we find out that Alice Braga was IDF. I don't know what that mean, means exactly. Uh, some kind of uh, government agent, I think. But she's like, yeah, Guatemala, 87. Spec Ops team, six men plus a CIA li- liaison went into the jungle. Only one of them made it out. He told stories. and he, he's ba- She's basically running us through uh, the plot of Predator 1 
recounting the details thereof. And she's like, one guy made it out, but he used the uh, mud to cloak himself from the heat signature thingy visor thing that they have. So, yeah, they, they took us and they brought us here and now they're going to hunt us the way they did them. Like, okay, so we can, they see heat signatures, right? Yeah, we got that. Okay, what we can do is uh, set up a defense, use choke points, try to fo- focus them in on us. We have to kill these things. That's all there is to it. We can't, we can't run from them. We can't hide. Uh, we just have to find some kind of a valley or something where we can force them to come to us. We'll make a big fire so they know we're there, and then they'll, come, they'll, they'll only be one way in. We can take them out as they come in. But Alice Braga's like, well, they have these cloaking device things. We won't be able to see them. And she's like, yeah, the chances of us living are very slim here, my friends. But they're like, well, what else are we going to fucking do? I don't know. So they take off from the uh, um, waterfall camp, and they start cruising around. Um, They get to a what could be a good area, but then they start getting like, uh, like somebody's around them. You know what I mean? Like the predators around, they can't see them. So they just quickly kind of get into a, uh, like a defensive huddle pointed outboard. And then, uh, out of nowhere, the predator decloaks and he's standing right next to Adrian Brody with the plasma caster pointed at his head. Everybody's like, Oh shit, they're here. They're here. Oh shit. But then the predator takes its helmet off and fuck me if it's not Lawrence Fishburne. Morpheus from the goddamn Matrix. He's here. And he's like, hey, what y'all doing? <laughs> That's weird. That is kind of weird. Uh, <clears throat> he's kind of crazy. He's like, y'all talk too loud. I could smell y'all from miles away. You want to live? Come with me. So they follow him. He's been like holed up in this abandoned spaceship that apparently has crashed nearby. He takes him in there. He's gone crazy. He's like talking to his imaginary friend and stuff. He's like, there's water over there and food over there. Y'all got to be quiet. They're going to see you. I've made it 10 seasons. So apparently he is a survivor from a previous, uh, I don't know, seating of this game reserve. And he survived quite a few influxes of other survivors by just remaining hidden and staying away from everybody. Pretty much is how he breaks it down. Uh, he gets him up in the spaceship. Everything's cool here for a second or two. Uh, everybody's like, okay, cool. Uh, we're just going to get some sleep here, and uh, there's food over there. We'll get fed. We'll try to figure out what, how we can do this tomorrow. So everybody goes to sleep. It's cool for a minute, and then all of a sudden smoke starts co- going into the uh, cargo hold where they're all sleeping. Like, what the fuck? They wake up, and they see Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, he's like started a f- – I'm not sure what he had going on here. He didn't set the the spaceship on fire, but he did start a fire in the spaceship. I think it was to, uh, I think the plan was to seal them in the cargo hold, uh, get let the smoke, let them all basically let them all die of smoke inhalation, and then he would then um, get all their gear, which is great, and probably eat them too, which is not so great. I don't know what he was eating, so. There's a good chance he's eating people, I think. I don't know. Um, luckily, uh, Adrian Brody's like, well, fuck this. I'll just call the Predators, and they can come deal with us and probably let us out of here. So he just opens up with the, the shotgun. The Predators, of course, hear this all coming from the uh, abandoned spaceship, so they all go in there. And uh, they kill Lawrence Fishburne right off the bat. 
because uh, he's making his way out as they're coming in. And they're like, he's like, oh, you finally found me, huh, big dog? And then he just blows him to bits with the plasma caster. Uh, from there, we get like a cool little cat and mouse game with the Predators going through, uh, trying to, to um, kind of like track them through like all the weird hallways and crawl spaces of the spaceship. Uh, at one point, Topher Grace gets separated from the group. Uh, he's fallen a little bit behind and then a bunch of like, uh, cargo, like wiring and shit falls in between him and Nikolai. Uh, so the, the rest of the group keeps going. They're like, sorry, bro. Uh, Nikolai actually comes back to help him and shoots the shit out of, uh, one of the, the predators with a pistol. So that's great. It's wounded. Uh, Topher just takes off. He's like, sorry, man, gotta go. Those hauling ass. Uh, right before, that happened though. Nikolai showed Topher a picture of his kids. He's like, "These is children. This is uh, Mikhail and Sasha." And she's like, "Oh, very cool." And he, you never see Topher give the picture back to Nikolai, which is interesting, and that's going to come into play later. But uh, Nikolai has strapped a uh, claymore mine to his midsection. Uh, the predator goes like in for hand-to-hand combat with Nikolai, picks him up and is like uh, trying to bear hug him or something when Nikolai hits the clacker and blows that particular predator up along with himself. Kaboom! So there's one down. Unfortunately, there's also Nikolai down. Uh, now there's another guy that kind of shows up halfway through all this. Uh, he doesn't make himself known up front because he doesn't talk and he just kind of follows the group loosely behind. It's a random Yakuza guy, and uh, inside the cargo hold, he found himself a samurai sword, which is pretty cool. Um, he doesn't, he's missing two fingers, and he's only got like three lines in the whole movie, but he's in the majority of it, which is pretty cool. He's like one of those silent assassin type of dudes. Very cool. Uh, the, everybody makes it out of the, well, the convict guy gets killed, Um the only ones to make it out of the spaceship uh, without getting killed, the convict guy got it really, really bad. He got despined because he like tried to get into a prison fight with the predator. With that's not gonna work. That's not that's not gonna work, my friend. And we also find out that Lawrence Fishburne kind of let out that um, there's two kinds of predators on this planet. There's big ones, and then there's slightly less big ones. And the bigger ones are in some kind of a blood feud with the slightly less big ones. So they don't like each other is a thing. That's going to come into play later also. Now, uh, the uh, convict guy tries to get into a fist fight with one because all he has is that prison shank. Uh, he gets despined. He's out of the equation. So really the only ones to make it out of the spaceship alive are Adrian Brody, Alice Braga, Topher Grace, and the Yakuza guy. Uh, they go running across the field. Uh... Alice Braga has been uh, wounded, so Adrian Brody is kind of carrying her. But she's she's serviceable. You know, she's still got her sniper rifle and things like that, and she's not slowing them down too much. Uh, they all make it out. Uh, the Yakuza guy, uh, they get to, the, to an opening outside of the spaceship, and the Yakuza guy goes full billy on him. He's like, you know what? You guys take off. I'm going to stay here and deal with, an, uh, with this, this predator here that's following us. So he pulls the samurai sword takes his, his very expensive-looking shirt and tie and sports jacket off, and he gets into a samurai fight with the Predator. Much the way I think Billy was aiming for uh, in, Pred- in the first Predator movie, except Billy didn't really stand a chance. This Yakuza guy actually puts it down 
on the Predator. And we get a pretty cool little samurai sword fight here. Uh, the Predator is only using his uh, gauntlet uh, retractable blade claw things. So there's like a lot of running back and forth. Basically, they kill each other. Uh, the Predator kills uh, the Yakuza guy. and Well, actually, the Yakuza guy kills the Predator first, but he's wounded the Yakuza guy too badly, so he just kind of collapses a few minutes later. So there's two Predators down, and we are now down to uh, Alice Braga, the sniper, Adrian Brody, the soldier, and Topher Grace, the uh, random doctor that's all up in the house all of a sudden. Uh, the plan at this point is apparently Lawrence Fishburne saw a Predator craft spaceship cloaked about 30 yards off of the Predator uh, hunting camp. Now, the idea is, and Adrian Brody kind of hatches this, get back to the uh, Predator camp, cut the one little Predator uh, loose, and hopefully he can pilot that thing and take them back to Earth, is the basic plan. That's what we're going for. So they get moving, uh, they're hauling ass back to that camp, they want to get there. They know there's one Predator left, but if they can get there before he does, they might have a shot at this thing. Uh, about halfway there, Topher Grace steps on a uh, kind of a, what kind of looks like a Predator version of a bear trap, and it snaps his uh, tibia, but it doesn't, it's not a like a... a a lethal wound. It's just enough to slow him down. So Adrian Brody's like, fuck, man. No, we got to go. Uh, he can stay here and slow those guys down. Hopefully they kill him quick. But me and you got to go, Alice. Let's hit the road. And she's like, no, we can't leave him. Are you insane? And he's like, we have to. We do not have a choice. It's like, no, we're not leaving him. We can't We can't be that, that, that bad of human beings. And he's like, well, I will be that bad of a human being, but I will be an alive human being. You may take your chances here. So Adrian just hauls ass back to the camp. He gets there. <clears throat> he cuts the little predator loose. Uh, the little predator, he kind of like pantomimes, like, you drive that ship, take me back to Earth. The little predator gets all of his gear back on, and he's like, he pulls up a picture of Earth, and he's like pointing at it like, that's where you want to go. And Adrian Brody's like, yes, that's where I want to go. So unfortunately, at this point, the big predator shows up. Little Predator and Big Predator duke it out. Now, the coordinates or whatever have already been set in the Predator ship. So you just see Adrian Brody running towards the Predator ship, and then you see the Predator ship take off. Uh, Big Predator and Little Predator are duking it out. Unfortunately, Big Predator kills Little Predator by decapitation. That's a gnarly situation. But Little Predator does a pretty good amount of damage to Big Predator. Now, while that was going on, we're going to cut back to Alice and Topher, they are on their way back. Unfortunately, they fall into another bungee pit. This one doesn't have the stakes. Uh, they're like, ah, oh, shit, we were so close. And they see the fucking uh, Predator ship taking off. They're like, ah, oh, he made it. God damn it. We're stuck here. We're going to get killed. While they're kind of, you know, lamenting their, their, <laughs> their current circumstances, Topher Grace pulls out a scalpel and just gives Alice Braga a little nick right around the, the clavicle area. She's like, hey, ow, what the fuck? It's not like he slit her throat, but you'll remember at the beginning of the movie, he opened up that plant and the neurotoxin was still on his scalpel. And uh, he's like, yeah, that's a neurotoxin. It's going to uh, paralyze you. It's not going to kill you, 
but I am going to have some fun with you. And this is where we kind of get the, uh, the reveal that Topher Grace, while he may have been a doctor, was actually some kind of a serial killer also. The crazy bitch, look at him. And now he's thinking he's going to have some fun with uh, Alice Braga here. <coughs> Just then, the big predator looks up, sees the spaceship taking off, does a little blibbity beep on his wrist gauntlet thing, and the, the spaceship blows up. So, there goes that. So much for that. Fuck. Uh, at that point, uh, Topher Grace is just on the point of making Alice Braga into some kind of a fish fillet or something like that. That's when uh, uh, Adrian Brody pops back up. And he uh, jumps down there and I think he kills Topher Grace or the other predator does. But what happens from there... Um, Basically, Adrian Brody has to find a way to kill the big predator. So he gets all Arnold on us, takes his shirt off. I got to tell you, Adrian Brody looks pretty good with his shirt off in this movie. He's not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he shredded right up. Uh, Gets into kind of like a halfway fist fight. He's got like a weird tomahawk type of thing that he breaks out. And uh, he takes a pretty good beating from the Predator, but in the end, he just uh, bashes the living fuck out of him. Uh, Cuts one of the Predator's arms off and then just buries that fucking hatchet right in his head. Then he gets Alice Braga out of the pit, and she's like, oh, I knew you weren't that kind of a person. And this is where they actually finally introduce themselves to each other. Adrian Brody is a guy named Royce. His name is Royce, and Alice Braga is playing a character named Isabel. So she's like, hey, I'm Isabel. And he's like, hey, I'm Royce. Nice to meet you. Uh, the sun comes up. One of the suns comes up. And as it's coming up, we look up at the sky and we see this whole other group of people being dropped in from parachutes and supply drops and things like that. And then they just kind of get up and hobble off somewhere. Probably back to the spaceship. I don't know. But uh, that's your movie, man. Predators from 2010. I like this one a lot. I like it a lot more than Predator 2. Way more than uh, The Predator. I like it better than uh, AVP Requiem. If I had to include um, the AVPs in my power ranking, I don't know. I don't know. I really got to think about that. I can tell you I like it better than... I don't... I would probably put it as a tie with the original AVP, which I like way better than AVP Requiem, uh, The Predator's or The Predator, I should say, and probably Predator 2 also. I don't know. I'll have to work all that out. Anyway, I like it a lot. I, I, I understand why some people don't, because they just don't like Adrian Brody as an action star. Um, I thought he did great, you know. I, I was conv- he played a very convincing soldier, and he looked good with his shirt off. What else do you need, I think? Is there anything else? I don't. I don't know. He looked like he knew how to handle a fully automatic twelve gauge, fucking death dealer of a gun. Whatever the hell that thing was. All right, I'm gonna take myself a break, inmates. I will come back in a few with some other stuff.
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Holy shit. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, man? There's a lot of uh, a lot of pred- pred- predatory, pred- predation. Um, I don't know, hunting. A lot of hunting in these movies. I like it. I like the predator. I think... Uh, Predator, there's a whole mythos and mythology behind these fucking things. They have like a series of uh, graphic novels, comic books. Predators fought Batman uh, uh, in one of them. Um, I think they fought Robocop too. Alien versus Predators, that's a whole thing. Um, There's like a whole universe behind these goddamn things. Uh, I'm into it, except we have to make certain omissions. Namely, the Predator. That's dog shit. We can if we could just forget that that movie ever happened. I'm not one to shit on movies, but you really fucked that up. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sorry. You can't take the Predator and try to make him into a Marvel superhero. You can't. You can't do it. That Colt defeats the entire purpose and backstory and just a vibe of the Predator franchise. All right, I'm going off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to crown an Asylum Conference Championship and champion, I guess is the word I should have used, and announce the championship fight in this year's Team's Terradome division. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face. The blackest eyes. The devil. To the Terradome. First, last week's winner. Team's competition. We had the Brides of Dracula versus the Predators. The blood of the foreigners was thick and greasy. It offered the ladies no sustenance, only bitter repulsion. The last had fallen in spectacular fashion, firing strange weapons and attempting to set off some kind of self-destruct explosion. But the ladies were too fast and too savage. With a vote of 9-2, to two, the Brides of Dracula advance to the Terradome Championship. Woo! I knew it. I knew they would. They're too... You know what? Sexy goes a long way in the Terradome. 
And that goes without saying, because Silent Hill nurses usually do okay. Uh, Brides of Dracula, obviously very sexy. Um, I can't think of any other competitors that are in any way (laughs) even remotely attractive now that I think. Well, I guess the Lost Boys, but that's different. They're dudes, so (laughs) there's that. All right, let's get into the Terra Dome Championship, my friends, for all the marbles. <clears throat> As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not much of a writer. <clears throat> the creatures poured from the Carpathian forest like a black scourge, ravaging small villages, livestock, and even the area's wild animals, leaving nothing but bones and carnage in their wake. Like any predator whose food supply is threatened, the prince's harem know they have to act fast or be starved out. Humanity's blood is their life, and they will die alongside the humans without it. Normally, their prince would know what to do, but he's been delayed in London indefinitely, and by the time he returns, all of the Danube could fall. Carefully, the ladies plan their attack. Mapping the trail of destruction, they anticipate the creature's next raid— This time, the ladies will be waiting to assist the humans and hopefully destroy the Krites to the last. For the 2022 Teams Division Terradome Championship, I give you the Brides of Dracula versus the Critters. Now, a couple of things. I don't think... I, I have not seen a Critters movie in quite some time, but I don't remember them ever attacking anything inorganic i thought they only attacked people and livestock strictly for dietary purposes just for sustenance right to eat them so that being said i don't think they would attack the brides of dracula just because they're already dead you don't see them ever attack like a car i don't think or a tree or anything like that it's only it's only meat so I don't know what the the perspective of a uh, critter is or how they see things or how they hunt. So, and again, the ladies are vampire uh, princesses, for lack of a better term. They can do shit. You know what I'm saying? They can, they can like, uh, uh, the blue flames. Remember that in uh, the 1992 Dracula? They can light fires, I guess, with their minds. Uh, shapeshift, they can do that. Um... Uh, I assume they have, like, a natural vampire abilities. Uh, Maybe, like, uh, hypnotize people. I don't know. But I think whatever it is they can do, I think they can figure out a way to uh, beat the critters. For that reason, I'm going to take the Brides of Dracula on this one. Uh, That is your Terra Dome Championship matchup for the weekend, mates. It is the Brides of Dracula versus the Critters. Get me your votes by next week if you can. The mental health hotline, of course, is uh, the padded broom, or excuse me, area code 775-3870275. The mental health hotline is uh, the, or what the fuck, man? The regular email is the padded room 2011 at hotmail.com. I have had way too much coffee tonight. It just occurred to me. <laughs> I think I'll make myself another cup. Why not? Let's pull an all-nighter all-week kind of a thing. Uh, while you're contemplating who our next champion is going to be, I'm going to regale you with what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment called, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? 
How about a movie called Sweetie, You Won't Believe It? That's the title of the movie. It's Russian, of all things. It's from 2020. I found this one streaming on Shudder. Horror comedy about three dude bros that go on a fishing trip accidentally witness a weird backwoods uh, gang hit, mob hit kind of a thing, a murder, or an attempted murder, really. Or no, it was a real murder, take place. Uh, and then a slasher guy gets involved. And all kinds of hell breaks loose. It was actually pretty funny. I, I got quite a few chuckles out of it. Um, not a bad show all, all the way around. I watched that. I watched a movie called Mid-Century from 2022. I found this. Well, this is a Peacock original um, starring Stephen Lang. Um, it's fine. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. It felt to me very much like it wanted to be an episode or a season, really, of American Horror Story. So you have this young couple that rents an Airbnb that's haunted by a diabolical ghost. Sure, scary enough. On top of that, uh, the the ghost's grandson is using the house as, is a serial killer, and he's basically using the house as a body pit. So he's burying bodies in, in the backyard and stuff. So... This young couple, of course, gets wrapped up in all of this, and there's a lot of sex and romance going on. Felt very American Horror Story-ish to me. Um, just not as good, I guess. I you can't, you can't squeeze a season of American Horror Story into one movie. You just can't. There's too much going on. Uh, lastly, I watched Invitation to Hell from 1984. This one just kind of randomly popped up on my Tubi of, uh, account. So I thought, what the hell? It's it's not good. It's, <laughs> it's not a good show. It's from 1984. It's basically about a um, up, upscale community, uh, a very high uh, high functioning corporate uh, company, and uh, one guy gets promoted, so he moves to the the community, and everybody insists that he goes to the country club. Country club is some kind of portal to hell. And uh, you basically have to sell your soul to the country club uh, chancellor to uh, continue to live there. And if you do, it's great because, like, your wife gets possessed by a very horny, attractive demon. And your kid, uh, it's kind of like a Stepford Wives kind of a thing. But it's a made-for-TV movie from 1984. It stars Robert Urich and uh, what's her name there? Susan Lucci, I think, the soap opera star. So, not very good. You could probably skip that one unless you just have some time to kill. And I've piqued your curiosity. Uh, That's all I'm looking at, kids. How about some immersion therapy here, yeah? Immersion therapy. So, if I understand this correctly, and I'm taking a, a long shot at this, uh, we're talking about Crimes of the Future from David Cronenberg. Uh, I think it came out last year. It's streaming on Shudder or, no, Hulu, actually. Um, if I'm understanding this correctly, the plot of the movie is basically that humanity is evolving to eat plastic. And soon everybody's going to have to eat plastic to live because there is now more plastic on the planet than there is 
viable food sources, if I'm understanding, if I'm, if I'm getting this. And the crime of the future, I think, is being this first group of people to actually digest plastic and uh, keep it down. I, I don't know. I, it's the kid with the tattooed organs. I don't know, man. I, you know what I mean? Uh, it's a very sexy movie. There's a lot of really hot naked chicks in this movie. I like that part. Um, Vigo Mortensen performing surgery on himself in that weird coffin thing. I don't. I don't. I, maybe I'm just not smart enough. You know what I mean? This would. This fits into the naked lunch uh, category of Dave, David Cronenberg for me of movies that I just am not clearly not smart enough to understand. I'm sure it's great. Um, but I can't tell you why. <laughs> I can't tell you what's so great about it. Uh, I could tell you I was, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. And the way it ended, uh, there's like a, I don't know, like a, not a cliffhanger, but it's like, oh, okay. So that's what he's doing. And then you're like, all right, well, oh, then the end credits. So, okay, I can go now. I guess I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not smart enough. I'm sorry. I'm sure there is some profound uh, logic behind this, and David Cronenberg is making some prophetic statement about uh, the future of the planet or the future of the human evolution. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not smart enough. I'm sorry. Maybe read the uh, IMDb trivia or something. Uh, you could probably beat off to it. Uh, probably more so this than video drone with all the stomach vaginas and all that. But anyway, there you have it. Um, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Spiderhead from 2022, starring Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, star, uh, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, I don't know what this is about. I know I think it has something to do with a prison situation. So check that out. It's streaming on Netflix, inmates. I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. But first, you must now educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. I am a low-level thug in early 80s New York City, and uh, I can't hold down a real job, so I am a wheelman for the local crime fuckfaces. Uh, during a uh, what medium chase getaway, I ducked into a high-rise and ran up to the top where I found a nest full of eggs. All this while a strange rash of decapitations is going on around New York. I am, of course, Q, the Winged Serpent, which is not a good movie at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> it gets a lot of love, and I'm not sure why. Um, Joe, uh, James Cohen, I think, or Jim Cohen, one of the Cohen guys, uh, same guy that did the stuff, and uh, he just loves himself some Michael Moriarty. I am not a big fan of Michael Moriarty. The 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 I, there's a lot of boobs in this movie, as I recall. Uh, the idea of a giant flying snake whipping around New York City, just popping the heads off of random people, is very silly to me. And then the end fight where they they take down the winged serpent is even sillier. I can't. I, it's it's wacky. But Tom Hardy got it. You got me this week, Tom Hardy. 
Who might I be this week, you ask? Good question. Well, me and my family just moved into a new house, and uh, everything was going pretty good until I went to my uh, my wife's friend's party, and she put some kind of uh, uh, hypnotism thing on me. Now I'm hearing weird songs and voices, and I can't sleep at night. I better just dig a big hole in the backyard and see uh, see what's down there, see what's going on. Uh, this house, uh, my neighbors, I live in a pretty good neighborhood, but, uh, they're getting pretty nosy about what I'm doing in the backyard and things. So, yeah. (laughs) Who might I be? Uh, this one I think is pretty easy. Uh, tune in next week, inmates, and I'll drop some knowledge on you. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Thank you guys very much for joining me and bearing with me, uh, for another solo show. I think, uh... Might be solo shows exclusively for the foreseeable future. Buddy's busy at work. This is his busy season. Jason, obviously, dealing with the death of his mother. Um, it's it, You're going to be stuck with me. But rest assured, you're still going to have this fucking show because uh, I can't not do it. I can't stop. I can't stop myself anymore. Somebody needs to come and remove all my podcasting equipment because that's probably the only way I'm ever going to quit. Um... Join me next week for, starting uh, of December, I'm going to do the best of 2022 month. So join me next week for The Invitation from 2022. Uh, I have not seen any of these movies. Oh, yes, I have. I've seen one of them. Uh, But uh, join me next week for The Invitation. It's supposed to be pretty good. Um, In the meantime, for Jason in absentia, Buddy also in absentia, uh thanksgiving fist fights and all the fun happiness that that brings <laughs> uh vampire ladies krites the damage that they can do to each other and who will come out on top um predators and the weird game reserves that uh they have on other planets i tell you what man if it wasn't for, like, the uh, the Predators killing people on that planet, somebody could open up a wonderful uh, resort there because it was very pretty. Uh, with the, you got to clear out the jungle and get rid of all those traps first, though. And the Padded Room Podcast, I'm afraid visiting hours are over. <laughs>